have to understand what the protagonist is. And the protagonist is is sometimes it's it's more than one character. But the point of the protagonist is it create it creates the emotional um, interest in the audience, right? The audience is emotionally interested in the protagonist. They want what for the protagonist what the protagonist wants for themselves, right? Uh, they uh, empathize with them. They identify with them. It's the char- it's the character or characters with the most emotional complexity and um, dimensionality and so on. And then also, it's the character that pursues their object of desire to the end of the line. In other words, the character that tells the story. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El-Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionwall, writer and part of the McKee Storylog team. So today we're going to talk about Attack on Titan. Yeah, finally. And before we get started, spoilers, okay, and I can't emphasize enough... So Luke has finished season one, I finished season two, and I've seen some stuff that comes afterwards in the in the manga. I can't emphasize enough that even this, if you haven't seen the show, you are depriving yourself of something awesome. Right? Right. It's just, this is a really great turning point that we're going to talk about in the first five or six episodes. I, believe, I think it's eight. Is it first? Well, the whole thing plays out in it, but I think he it happens in five. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to get into what happens and stuff. But again, if you haven't seen Attack on Titan, at least watch the first eight episodes. Yeah. Before you listen to this, because it's it's great, and you will you will never forgive yourself if you ruin this for you. As long as say, because I love this show. So. It's why it's one of those really juicy turning juicy turning points that doesn't come around very often. Exactly in shows or, or, or movies, and it's so genuinely it's, surprising. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, yeah. As always, if you want to get in touch, uh, we're on Twitter at the Story Toolkit um, and the website thestorytoolkit.wordpress.com. You can email us direct through there with any questions or shows that you want us to talk about. So. Uh, we've been what you've been wanting to talk about Titan for a while, and you've been bugging me to watch it. Oh, and I finally finished season one, and I started. I started watching the show, and do you remember what you said to me? What did I say? Yeah, did I, I say? <laughs> it was yeah, some <laughs> Japanese phrase. <laughs> I think I yeah I think I think I said oh okay yeah this did, it was like episode three or something I thought I, I said to you oh this this show is quite interesting yeah you oh, know Titans t- I do remember what yeah, I said, the, yeah these guys attacking this thing. yeah sure okay this yeah. is this is cool this is cool and you're like what do you think the show's about <laughs> <laughs> well it's about Titans attacking them. no you're wrong <laughs> you're wrong you don't know what this show is yeah. Um, and then you get past episode eight, and the the, the world explodes. Um, so the thing that's interesting, I find, is everyone who's seen this show has had the exact same reactions. Yeah, because to I all the it. major things. Yeah, because right? I, I recommended it to a friend, and he watched two episodes and said, "Yeah, I'm calling it." Yeah, uh, Aaron gets to his basement, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it turns out his dad. Uh, Invented the Titans. I was like, "Is this what you think the show's about?" It's like, "Yes, I'm calling it." I was like, "Get to episode eight and we'll talk." <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but it, it's, I think it's a sign of really good quality that everyone... I've watched even YouTube reaction videos. Oh, really? And everyone's reactions are always the same. And that tells me they did it right. Because <laughs> everyone's reacting the same way. So... To give you a brief synopsis of what Attack on Titan is, it is a cartoon, Japanese cartoon, um, and it's set at some point we don't know when. They give you a year, but it doesn't. We, yeah, mean we have anything. no, we have no relevant. We don't know what the calendar. It's this weird. It's this kind of anachronistic world. Yes, yeah. like anachronistic. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, it's very old old school. Um, it's kind of got like a almost. Uh, not med- I was going to say it's medieval, but they've got future tech in they, there as well. They do, and and also they point out that Mikasa is the only pure breed Asian in the series. Everyone yeah. else in the show is German or English. They don't really have races. She's the only purebred Asian in the show, which was a problem when they made the film in Japan. And everyone was <laughs> Japanese, um, right? But the characters have you seen like, the film? No, I've seen clips of it and I've he- not heard good things about it. So I'm just like, <laughs> okay. But there's characters like Hange Zoe, uh, which is the one everyone loves. She's the woman with the glasses. Oh, That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Hesonian bean, right? Uh, but then there's also Potato Girl, Sasha Browse, who I love and is my wife. Sasha is amazing. Then there's Connie and Reiner and Bert Holt and then Eden Jaeger and then Levi Ackerman and Irvin Smith. So they have these sort of pan-European names. Yeah. Uh, so it's clearly set in our world, but after our time in some way. And yet they have backwards technology and yet they do also have futurists. And it sounds like this is a hodgepodge. And it isn't. It's it's it just really the, really is it's, it's just the style of world and it's so absorbing. We're going to do another yeah. podcast on the world itself. Yes, and um, so I'm not going to get into that right now because there's there's secrets in that that world. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should give you time to watch more. Yeah. So so basically, it's said in 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 a in a world we don't know exactly know when, but what's happened is a hundred years ago, the Titans showed up, and the Titans are these sort of. 15 meter tall sexless creatures that look like people but aren't really like people and they eat people they just eat you they eat you quite happily all the time they don't they're just sort of giant animal things that look a bit like a human being Mm. they're just freaky and grotesque and weird and they drove humanity to extinction pretty much and so 100 years ago, they showed up. They pretty much drove humanity to extinction. And then what happened was the the city that this whole show takes place in is protected by these giant 50-meter-tall walls, okay? These huge, huge walls. There's three layers of walls. The whole of humanity is hidden inside these walls. Uh, and the, the space it takes up is enormous, by the way. Like, it, it's huge, this, Yeah, the city. And so these walls are 50 meters tall. The tallest titans are 15 meters, so 1.5, and this is 5.0 meters. So it's very tall. And um, it's, it's protected them for 100 years. And after 100 years, they've kind of gotten used to the fact that the titans can't breach the wall, and they're cool, and uh, they're just going to live inside the wall. Um, and the show opens focusing on three kids, Armin, Mikasa, and Eren. And Eren really, really wants to get out of the wall. He wants to join the scouts. The scouts are part of the military and they do expeditions beyond the wall. He wants to get out, 
and he wants to like he he feels like the walls are a prison and he wants out like he's that basically the rest of the planet is humanity's birthright and they deserve it and they shouldn't have to be hiding from titans uh but of course if you leave the walls you will get eaten by titans like you just just how it's going to be so you (laughs) you don't leave the walls and the scouts when they leave they come back and two-thirds of them are dead uh, and you see it in the first episode. They bring in the scouts, and the scouts are all just dead or mutilated horribly and half-eaten and things. And Aaron's the only one who's kind of... Everyone's like, they're wasting our money. They're making it dangerous for us. What's the point? The Titans don't, can't breach the walls. And Aaron's the only one who's kind of like, they. this is an important thing that they do. And so that's how it opens. The military police, who are there to protect the people inside the walls, are drunks playing poker and cards. They don't do anything at all because there's no need for them to do anything because the titans can't breach the walls they have cannons to shoot titans there's no point because the titans can't breach the walls i've forgotten this is how the show starts this is how the show starts (laughs) and then out of nowhere suddenly a hand steaming red hand just appears on top of the wall and lifts itself up and standing over the wall is a 60 meter tall titan that gets called the Colossal Titan. And the Colossal Titan just lifts its leg and kicks in the gate to the wall and tears down a part of the wall. Out of nowhere, just this happens. And then Titans start flooding into the city. And so there's this huge evacuation. They start running. This is episode one, by the way. This is episode one. They start running, running, running. They they get to the next level of the walls, because remember, there's three sections of the walls, and as they get there, suddenly, out of nowhere, another titan that they've never seen before shows up, an armoured titan, and he runs through the wall and smashes the wall down, and more titans come in. And then they finally get back even further, close the gates, everything, and they've lost one-third, the biggest third of the entire city. That's it. That's how the show starts, right? And so you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, this is this is a hellish world that we've come into, but this is quite exciting. What's going to happen next? It's rather harrowing. It's oh, 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 by the way, major characters die in the first two episodes. By the way, so that that that, that happens, okay? And um, then they go to graduation and they start. So we follow Erin, Mikasa, and uh, Armin, and we learn. We watch those three guys. Uh, three, sorry, two guys, one girl. We lo- watch the three of them. Um, go through graduation to become people who can fight titans along with a bunch of other kids so everyone's like trying to learn so you think oh okay it's going to be this sort of academy thing where they learn to fight titans and they're going to go out and fight titans and a couple of episodes they spend learning how to fight and they learn how to use the awesome odm gear which is this cool belt that they have with like grappling hooks that lets them spider-man around basically they have like these spider-man things and lets them fight titans and they have swords and it's it's super cool right and they're learning how to learn how to do the gear and then they get drafted and it's like okay now we're gonna sign up to be this and we're gonna fight and Aaron's like yeah yeah we're gonna do it we're gonna take back our world we're gonna fight the titans and like they're standing there proudly atop of the wall thinking yeah we're gonna claim that next bit of the titan and uh, that's when the colossal titan shows up again out of nowhere and uh, (laughs) kicks in the wall again and that's episode that's episode five and it's going horribly wrong again. It just shows up. It's been three years they've been training and then the Colossal Titan shows up. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's intense. It's great. Um, yeah, so that's the basic... That's it. 
That's the premise of this show, right? Titans just show up, eat people, everyone dies. You go, why? You don't know. Uh, oh, and there's, by the way, there's a thing, which is Eren's dad, before the first attack, gives him a key to his basement and says, Aaron, if you come to the basement, you'll know what I've been up to in the basement. And we're like, what is in the basement? And the basement is in the part of the city that has now been overrun by Titans. So obviously the whole show is, as you said, about getting to the basement, right? Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's the basement. The basement. It's all about the basement. It's not about the basement. (laughs) Very quickly forget about the basement. (laughs) Because so much other stuff happens. Um, Okay, before we get to the main section then, um, and the big spoiler uh, that we'll discuss, what is the plot there for? Of Titan? Mm. Okay, so what I've just described is essentially a war story, right? It's just a war story. It's, um, it's, they're, they're all about fighting and defeating these Titans. Uh, it's quite harrowing. So if we're talking value, it's victory. Yeah, and the emotion is harrowing. Mm-hmm. This is it's not it's not like hey everything's cool. This is not it's not exciting because you genuinely it's just horrifying. Yeah. Like you the, you have to realize the Titans eat people and they smile as they do it. So they, and they look weird. Yeah, they, they are look, grot- grotesque is the right word. They are so freaky odd. They move wrong. Yeah. They're not quite right. There's something really off about them, other than the fact that they're completely naked and yet have no genitals. They're just... They're, these Titan things are just strange and odd, and it's it's almost horror. I mean, they're scary. Hmm. Uh, it's almost horror. But... Um, it, correct me if I'm wrong, he's... Uh, um... Uh, Aaron sees his mother get eaten in episode one. Yeah, so episode one yeah. opens with Aaron's mum getting eaten by a smiling titan. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, the military police guy who was drunk and playing poker at the beginning, um, he comes to help and rescue the mother and he runs to fight the titan with his ODM gear and everything and he looks up and the titan just looks down smiling at him and he loses it and he just runs, picks up the kids and runs and leaves the mother to die because he's too scared to fight. Mm. Which is not action. <laughs> yeah. That's not action. That is that is totally uh, horror. Or, or close to horror if not... Uh, but it's war at least. And so th- th- this is not... This is a scary if not harrowing show. It's, these are not heroes or anything like that. So you feel... Once they... Remember at the beginning they're kids. So it's v- the first two episodes are kind of like a horror story. Then it shifts to war as they start to become soldiers, right? So they're training, they've got uniforms on, they're now late in their late teens, they've got the swords, they've got the gear, they've got this, they've got cannons, they've got some enthusiasm that they think they can fight and maybe even win. Um, and so th- it's it's kind of got a bit of morale boost. And just as you've got the morale boost, that's when the Colossal Titan, just out of a bolt of lightning, suddenly appears again uh, and just comes back to threaten all the hell once more, Right. Okay, so let's get to the whole point of this podcast and the big spoiler. So what happens is this. Aaron, who has the key to the basement, whose mother got eaten, we've seen the whole show through Aaron's point of view. The Colossal Titan shows up, right? Aaron is ready to fight. He's been going on about how he wants to fight. He's the most determined one. As I pointed out, he's the only one who sees the value in the scouts. He's all ready to do it. Everyone in his class at the academy is sort of riding on his... um, 
morale boost of we can fight and we can win. Yeah. So they're all with him on this. Armin, Mikasa, Jean, Reiner, Bert, Holt, Connie, Sasha. All those characters are all with him. Wahey, Marco, all those guys, right? And um, the Colossal Titan shows up. He goes to fight the Colossal Titan. The Colossal Titan, in a big poof of steam, just disappears. And the the wall's been breached again. And Titans are coming in. And so they have to fight these Titans. And they do start fighting the Titans. And pretty much they all die. Everyone in his class pretty much dies, apart from the named characters I just mentioned. Like Pretty much everyone else just gets killed horribly. One after another like that. And Eren is just getting angrier. Like, he just refuses to accept that this can happen. And he goes to fight. And Armin, his best friend, is about to get eaten. And he goes to rescue Armin. And he just goes headlong into it. And a titan out of nowhere just jumps up and bites his leg off. And Eren just falls to the falls on top of the roofs. He can't pilot his ODM. He's missing a leg and everything. Uh, and also, I think he's... Yeah, just a leg. He's got. He's still got both his arms. Mm. Um, and so he can't help Armin. He's missing a leg and everything. And Armin is paralyzed with fear. Armin cannot fight the Titan. That kind of looks like Santa Claus. This is weird, oh yeah, yeah. He's a weird bit. This is yeah. why they're freaky because they're smiling and look happy and jolly, and yet they're eating you. It doesn't make much sense. Why? Anyway, so Armin is about to get eaten by the Santa Claus Titan. Eren has uh, is missing a leg, and so Eren somehow manages to get himself to Armin and jumps inside the Titan's mouth and holds the... Oh, no, that's not what happens. Beg your pardon. Armin gets eaten. He does. Armin gets eaten by the Titan, and as he's falling down the Titan's throat, a hand comes in and grabs Armin and pulls him out, and it's Eren, and Eren's managing to hold the Titan's jaw open with his body. You know, he's got his hand on the upper... and like that, and he grabs Armin, throws Armin back out onto the roof, turns around to Armin, goes, don't worry, Armin. We'll get out of this. We'll see the CT. Hulk, and and that's and that's when all, all that's left is um, uh, the arm that he had outstretched to Armin. That falls in front of Armin, and Armin just starts crying, right? Because Armin was already scared. He was he was on a ten level of fear, and then his best friend just got eaten in front of him. So they kill Eren at the very beginning. And this is this is the first actual fight they've had with Titans. This is the first episode where we've watched them be motivated and graduate for five episodes. Episode six, homp, that's it, done. Most of the other characters are dead, by the way, that you've been paying attention to. Pretty much everyone is dead, and Eren is dead. And you're like, uh, uh-huh, what? And when this happens, the reaction is the same, right? Which is, d- d- uh-huh? Hannah, I, I remember now. Hannah came back home. Yeah, shit. I, 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 was, I was watching it on the sofa. She said, uh, "What?" Well, there's a look on my face, obviously, uh, evidently. Cause she was like, "What? What's wrong?" I was like, "Well, Bass is getting me to watch this show for the podcast, and I think they just killed the protagonist." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> no, I remember what she said. Now she said, "Well, he can't be the protagonist." <laughs> Move on. I, I, I remember when I was watching it on my own and I'm just I'm, I'm watching this thing and I'm like uh, this is pretty cool I've heard lots of good things I do like the Titans this is interesting I wonder where oh he they what they just kill and the way wait 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 what the way they kill him is so indicative of 
every other death scene in there. <laughs> <laughs> Just be like some character that they got you to love for the yeah. last episode or two, and hi, I think you're home. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. done. And the thing is, like, they've already killed a lot of characters. You've got this, and I remember when his leg gets bitten. And I was just like, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. At all. Like, he's lost his leg. He can't fight. That's the end of it. So already the show is like, yeah, he's not... I don't know why you thought Aaron was the main guy. I don't know what's up with you. And what's worse is you do have all those stupid cliches of, we'll get out of this together. When he goes... And, like, he does the whole speech for, like, the third time in five episodes. He does that whole, like, we'll get out of this, Humanity for glory. Just like, (laughs) oh... Oh, you're done. That's it. And he just gets eaten. That's it. That's the end of Eren. And the next two episodes are them dealing with the fallout of the fact that Eren is dead. Because Eren was sort of the emotional heart of this thing. So what happens is Jean comes to the fore because he's charismatic. Uh, and uh, Armin points out that like the, the reason Jean is, is a good leader is because Jean is actually frightened. Eren was never really scared. and But Jean is scared. Mm. And so Gene will be a good leader because people will trust him because they will trust the fact that he's scared, mm. right? Uh, Armin is incredibly smart and very good at working things out. Mikasa is nails, absolute nails. But Mikasa, she loves Eren. And so as soon as Eren's gone, she just becomes a sort of mach- killing machine and she becomes really reckless mm. and sort of starts to endanger her own life. And uh, and so Jean's trying to get the rest of the corp, uh, the rest of the, the the regiment together and everything. So that's what happens, right? And the reason, well, Let, well I was going to say before we before we go further. Um, yes. Firstly, killing your protagonist. This we, is what I was about to get to. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Problems. I wasn't going to get to what happens after this. Yeah, yeah. we'll come to that. So the reason we're bringing this up is because it's about killing your protagonist. And if you remember way back in the before time, I talked about Game of Thrones. In a controversial episode that alienated uh, a lot of Game of Thrones fans, it did um, because I was too correct. Um, <laughs> no, but in the in the episode, I talk about the reason I'm not a fan of Game of Thrones is because it sort of plays whack a mole with its protagonist. It just keeps killing the character, the main character off. And I was pointing out here are the problems with that. Now, some people have responded to this by saying, "Well, actually, Ned Stark isn't the protagonist of Game of Thrones." And so that's why it's okay, Carl Drogo. These characters aren't the main character. Yeah. That's why it's okay. And uh, I, my 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 response was always, it doesn't. It, the reason I lost em- uh, uh, interest in the show was because when you kill your protagonist, there are certain things you have to pay attention to, and the show, Game of Thrones, I think. Regardless, I mean, I th- I, I I think George R. R. Martin had was trying to do something and I think he just did it wrong okay whereas Titan did it well and that's why I thought Titan's a good one to bring up because here's how that they pulled this off so the problems that happen when you kill the protagonist is fundamentally is you have to understand what the protagonist is and the protagonist is is sometimes it's it's more than one character but the point of the protagonist is it creates it creates the emotional um, interest in the audience, right? The audience is emotionally interested in the protagonist. They want what for the protagonist what the protagonist wants for themselves, right? Uh, they uh, empathize with them. They identify with them. It's the char- it's the character or characters with the most emotional complexity and um, dimensionality and so on. And then also, 
it's the character that pursues their object of desire to the end of the line. In other words, the character that tells the story in almost, right? The story, um, obviously you could have someone else telling the story other than the protagonist, right? Like uh, Peter Falk in Princess Bride tells the story of the Princess Bride, but he's not Wesley, right? Wesley's the protagonist. The, the protagonist is the character that who makes the choices, who does the actions that will ultimately lead them to or away from their desire all the way to the end of the line, right? That's fundamentally what the protagonist does. So when you kill your protagonist, the audience responds by going, well, what is the story and who should I be caring about, right? If you kill your protagonist, you ultimately kill the story. The story's over, right? That's the end of it. That's the end of the story. So it's not that you can't do it. It's just if you... Oh, because obviously, you know, Macbeth... <laughs> the protagonist dies you can kill your but it's the climax of the story yeah right so you know when you kill your protagonist it's generally the climax because you're saying that's the end of the story because that's what the protagonist is the story is the protagonist right there are there's also it should raise a flag here there's also various ways of making it work I mean you look at Psycho and that mm-hmm. made it work because essentially it's two films. Yeah, it's two stories. It right. just, it just, um, uh, it's a gear shift, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also you have things where, with series, for example, where the protagonist, where you have um, a cast that might change, like Law and yeah. Order, right? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, some of the, I think some of the policemen and lawyers got killed, but not all of them did. Some of them just left the show, right? Yeah, but that's <clears throat> that's. Uh, and soap operas do it like it's not an uncommon thing there's lots of ways to deal with it but the the problem is always the same if people are watching a show watching a film and you kill your main character that's a sign for the audience that the show is over and if you keep going they're gonna go well what's going on so you have to so my problem with um i explained this in the game of thrones podcast the reason i thought it didn't work right is because when he kills off the main characters i won don't think he understood who his main characters were. The fact that other characters become the protagonist later doesn't invalidate who the protagonist was at the time uh, season one finished, right? So he he reset the story. He had to start all over again. And that, to build up the story, and that to mm-hmm. me is like, you didn't do what I, I would think someone like uh, J. Michael Krasinski did with Babylon 5, which is create these trap doors in the show, mm-hmm. which is sometimes an actor has to go, so... You know, they get fired, they get sick, uh, they die, whatever. Um, you have to have a way of continuing the story without the actor, right? That's where his trapdoors were in Babylon mm. 5. And so similarly, you have this thing of if you're going to kill your protagonist, you have to have a, not a trapdoor to necessarily continue the story as if they never died, but rather you have to uh, have a trapdoor that lets the audience follow, continue on in the world and follow yeah. the story. And I don't think he did that properly. Uh, and in the recent seasons that I've... you're also I mean I, I, we're gonna we will do another Game of Thrones podcast with a guest essentially probably probably I really yeah. think we should because yeah. you are such a minority in this I am a huge minority yes yeah. uh, and I think I will always be I thought at first I might I think, not be over no, time I think you will yeah I thought at time over time people would start to because now I mean and... season seven's done it's just exploded yeah even because season seven is essentially what I thought season two should have been. <laughs> Seriously, like when someone was telling me about season seven, I think it was Will who we would do the podcast with. He was telling me about season seven, and I was just like, "This is everything I thought season two would be," and I kind of am interested to watch 
this yeah. season because that's what I was waiting for. So my problem was like they were treading water for those seasons and now they've gone to the end. It's like, oh, okay. And it seems to me if they have a great ending, no one's going to remember. No. no one's really going to mind. People will say, oh, yeah, it, get, it loses its way for it. It goes on for quite a bit in the middle, but and then they'll, they'll yeah. enjoy it. Whereas if they had never paid it off and they drawed it out longer, I might have, history might have decided with me, but no, I think I'm going to. Yeah, I think I lost that. <laughs> I lost that battle. But one of the reasons that I think it's interesting to talk about Titan here is because a lot of the criticisms... You see, even if you disagree with my assessment of Game of Thrones, the important thing to take away is the is the lesson, the principle, right? Yeah. So even if you think I was wrong about Game of Thrones, one of the big criticisms people would give me about it was, you're just upset because they killed the main character that you liked. That's why it was just me being upset that they killed yeah. off the character. So it's not that because if if it was that, then I wouldn't love Attack on Titan, right? Because this is what they did: they killed off their main character. The problem, and I didn't lose interest; I gained it. The pr- the the whole principle we're discussing, and the problems you have when you kill a protagonist, are the same problems you will have in any story you're yeah. trying to tell. Yeah. Whether you think Game of Thrones work works or not is mm. a personal preference. Yeah. For you, it doesn't work. No. For literally everybody else in the world that watched it, it does work. Yes. Um, yes true. <laughs> yeah. But for Titan, let's let's yeah, get into I why. I think Titan it worked really well. Yes. Yeah, so and get so into it. so. Uh, the first thing was, as I said, it didn't just... Those two major problems, they didn't... It wasn't like, oh, what what now? What's going to happen? You lose interest. And you lose um, your empathy or whatever. In fact, it get, you gained it. It max. It, it was such a great turning point. It, 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 it um, exaggerated everything. So, for example, your emotional interest went up because Erin pretty much doesn't have a dimension for the for the show right for the first few episodes I think he has one dimension of that right he's not a particularly dimensionally complex character now he doesn't need to be because of the type of genre that we're telling yeah. um, plus it's the beginning of the series you don't expect him to be multi-dimensionalized it's only 20 minutes it's a cartoon it's a very big cast it's fine but he's not that dimensionalized when he goes okay Suddenly, every other character has to pick up slack and they start becoming dimensionalized. So, Mikasa, for example. I was going to say Mikasa. Yeah, every scene she's always the same. Erin, Erin, Erin. Now Erin's dead. What happens to Mikasa? She just goes, becomes totally ruthless killer. Yeah. Just starts killing everyone. And in fact, becomes so despondent, she turns to suicide, right? Because there's a scene where she's fighting Titans and she's not paying attention. The way that the the gear works is that it's like Spider-Man things right mm. around their waist they get these grappling hooks they shoot off and they use gas canisters and she's not paying attention to how much she's using she's spending way too much gas and she's going to run out of gas and be stranded in the middle of these deserted streets with titans which is exactly what happens to her and when that happens and a titan comes up to eat her she doesn't fight back she doesn't want to fight back she's happy to get eaten at which point just as it's about to eat her, something weird happens and her body reacts and she won't, she she fights back. And then after she kind of fights back and survives, she goes, why did I do that? Oh I God, did... I've forgotten about that. Yeah, Mikasa has a thing going <laughs> on, right? We don't know what's going on with Mikasa. So, so, um, so straight away now we're going like, what's going on with Mikasa? Who is she really? What's yeah. going on with her? So she went from sort of devoted and quiet to reckless emotion. Do you know what I mean? She's emotion 
She's got, Sorry, I, do, I, do, I had completely forgotten about that moment, and I'm now thinking, God, they really, they really buried that one deep after that. Oh yeah, you know? they did. Because yeah. I remember thinking, you get Mikasa, when's it? Uh, oh, you think, is Mikasa the main character? Were yeah. we wrong all along? Right. So Mikasa has the thing of she's emotional. She's very emotional, but she's also not emotional at all. She has that cold, burning rage. Right. She's acting purely on emotion and instincts. Yet her face and f- expressions are completely despondent, lacking in it. Right. So Armin has gone from being uh, the smart guy, uh, sorry, sorry, the coward who doesn't know anything, suddenly he has to find courage, right? Because he's the one that inspires Jean, okay? Jean, who's very selfish, now has to be selfless because he has to be the leader, right? So suddenly these three main characters, right, all have to dimensionalize themselves and act differently and pick up the slack now that Aaron's gone. So suddenly, we've gone from having four characters that are kind of, meh, interesting, to three characters we actually really like, right? We've got Mikasa, Armin, and and, um, and Jean. So, and now, the spine of action is also very interesting because, because we have, we thought Aaron's the main guy, right? He's the main character. He's the one with all the lines and everything. And now he's dead, and we start looking at the rest of them. The group protagonist all want the same thing. Everyone wants to be free of the Titans. They just didn't have the courage to fight them, right? Eren's the one who realized the training is all about them learning how to run away, okay? So they never had the courage or the drive to even try and fight the Titans. And in fact, we realize that most of them felt if they, fought, if they come up against Titans, the correct option is to kill yourself. In fact, if you remember in this fight sequence, there is a scene where there's a bunch of people. There's there's a in the city. There's a resupply building, and there's people in the resupply building as the Titans are attacking. And they, of course, have to keep the building so that the other um, uh, troops can get to the building, resupply their gas and their swords because the swords blunt, and go back out and fight. And they're sitting there inside the building, and the Titans are at the walls. And one of them starts polishing his gun, getting his gun ready, and they're like. Uh, and they're going, what, what are you doing with the gun? What's the point? And he just gets the gun, puts it in his mouth and blows his brains out, right? Because that would be preferable to fighting Titans. Mm. This is how terrifying the Titans are. So these characters, we realize, not only did they not want to fight, they want to just hide behind the walls. They want to, uh, if they fight Titans, they'll kill themselves. Now, these are the characters that are going to take us through the story of how are they going to reclaim the world from the Titans, and bear in mind that Aaron's dad is supposedly waiting for him in the basement or there's something going on in the basement. And if Aaron's not around, how's that going to play out? Okay. So what happened was they kill Aaron and immediately we start paying attention to the rest of the world. And the rest of the world is sitting there waiting for us to pay attention to it. There's characters for us to empathize with. The spine of action is becoming clearer over what's going to happen next and so on. And at the same time, we are in total confusion because we're going like, whoa, what's... Well, not confusion, big one. We are intrigued because mm-hmm. we don't know who can die next, what's going to happen next, what's really going on, uh, how this will play out, right? All those cliches that we're building up, I've just totally thrown us... Like, we don't know where this show's going to go. So we're intrigued now. That's... That is how, if you're going to do it, I think you do it. You kill the character, but as a result, instead of causing the problem, who do we empathize with? What's the spine of action? What's happened is the emotional interest, the intrigue, 
has just skyrocketed because everything's right there ready for us because as the characters react to the situation we react with it so everything's just in lockstep with us whereas um and it's meaningful right there's a meaningful there there's a progression there and so on uh whereas i didn't i don't think that's as i pointed out in the game of thrones which you can listen to i yeah. go into much greater detail of why i don't think that applies to game of thrones um i like <laughs> i want to talk about plot immunity yes plot immunity. <laughs> but just because i think it's a really cute phrase you've heard that before though uh maybe i don't know you didn't hear I, I, you well, must I, have like i yeah. maybe haven't heard it for a while yeah but i so we thought i thought Aaron had plot immunity yeah yeah you get that right this yeah. this feeling this character can't die because they're the main character oh i tell so you they who, die it's the end of the show i tell you who has plot immunity uh rick grimes in the walking dead right total plot immunity yes yeah and so you know I mean, we talked about the big turning point yeah. at the um, at that scene at the end of season six, six. I think. You know it's not with Rick. the baseball bat. You know it's not Rick. Right. Can't be Rick because exactly. what the hell would they do next? Exactly. Um, so yeah, you 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 imagine Aaron has plot immunity when they kill him, that goes. Yes. Yeah. So now anybody can die. And, and the thing is that which is, which is the reaction one you want in uh, from an audience with a war story right? or a horror story or a horror or story. A action story, even to some extent. Sure. Um, you want that sense of uh, action. It's not necessary to have it, but no. war and horror, you need it. Like horror, why do you think horror movies often have a cast of many characters? Yeah. So you can keep killing them one by one because you don't know which one is going to make it out. And in fact, horror loses a lot of its interest once you know who's going to make it out. Sure. Right? Um, I forget, because uh, um, obviously I, kn- I know it so well now, but in Alien, the first time you watch it, is it clear that Sigourney Weaver is the one that's going to make S- Sigourney it? Sigourney Weaver, none of the, the the biggest names, if I remember correctly, in Alien, John, uh, Hurt. John Hurt, Ian Holm, and Yafet Koto. And they all die. Yafet Koto, no, you know, John Hurt dies very early. Ian Holm turns out to be the android. Yafet Koto is one of the last people to die in the film. Right. He is the big damn hero, <laughs> as it were. But the great thing about Yafet Koto is the way he plays it, the way the, the cast is actually very well done, but you would expect Yafet Koto, particularly at that time, for us it's not the case because we're the generation after, but at that yeah. generation, this was, I think, the first female action character of any type. Yeah, you know, like it, normally horror stories, the woman dies. Yeah, and it was the man who saves them. It's like not this one, right? So, um, Alien definitely had that. And Aliens, you watch Aliens, and Ripley's probably going to make it out, but you don't know which of the um, troops are going to make it. Yeah. out. Yeah. Um, you watch Predator. Uh, you know Arnie's going to make it, right? Yeah. Uh, so the, the so it, just casting choices, man. But both. Um, but I mean. Predator and Aliens both action. Aliens is and so is Predator. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. they do have action elements. But too. I, I mentioned Aliens. It doesn't. Because it, it, yeah, it's my. It's it's probably my favorite horror movie and has that one by one people dying and so. Yeah, yeah. We well, see in action, it's not such a big deal because a lot of the fun of action is the hero and villain squaring off, right? Yeah. But in horror and war, you don't have that dynamic. And so you 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 want it to be harrowing or scary, and it's hard to do that uh, with constant scenes of life death life death scenes if no one dies. Yeah. And if or if just background people die, people that matter kind of have to die. Yeah. Uh, in order for you to keep that 
Otherwise, people just go, yeah, they're, as you, you, you know, need to, they have the plot immunity. That's fine. You, say, you know yeah. they get out of it somehow. And so if you know they're going to get out of it somehow, it's very hard to get interested in it. Yeah. Uh, and you go, well, they'll get out some way, right? Um, in and in when the great by the way, and I, I do I do love Walking Dead. The way that Walking Dead gets around it is um, nobody else has that immunity. Yeah, it's just it just, just Rick. Rick. Right. Um, and and there are some truly harrowing and excellent death scenes right. of these other characters sure. that you've you've ended up loving for however sure. many seasons. Right. Um, and it's it's important to uh, it's important to give the um, the, the the antagonists a sense that they actually can do it because otherwise you don't yeah. buy that the people are willing to risk what they're willing to risk. Yeah. You end up with what's called I like this, the skeletal syndrome. <laughs> where it's just like he every, skeletal always loses. So why is anyone scared? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> don't lose. Um and so you have that, you know, Nam Scalos, and like, yeah, you've lost, so whatever. It becomes comedic, right? It becomes comedic because you just know it's going to happen. Whereas when it's done really well, even in something light, uh, like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? I mean, they kill Groot just before. Yeah. Right? Just before you get to the end and you go, well, I know they're going to save everyone, right? Because it's Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy, but I'm not sure if they'll all get out. Yeah. And I guess Star Lord will, but how? How are they gonna? So you, you that you know that that's why the first one did so well. It has that wonderful thing. So it's it's always relevant. So getting rid of Aaron's plot immunity was super important because once they got once Aaron's plot immunity is gone, the show just opens up because now you gen the Titans become the Titans are on the precipice of being ridiculous. Mm. Right, it's the as we pointed out, the world is a hodgepodge. Um, you've got these weird Titan things; they're scary. But if every time they show up, they don't kill anyone, they're going to look really stupid, right? And so, having Aaron die at that moment, uh, it's just you never see it coming. You just don't see that coming. No matter, like we never, as audiences, we never get used to the main character just getting killed that early. Yeah. Right, but you do it if you kill him too early. Then the audience goes, "Oh yeah, I was wrong to even think he was the main character." They killed him just at the right moment, right? So, okay, just to recap, then <laughs> just the right moment. <laughs> like we did, we went, we went, we went over the problems. But what what Titan gets right in that uh, with that turning point is that we end up empathizing with the rest of the group. It yes. dimensionalizes them and, yes. and brings them to the it, fore. It helps crystallize the spine of action. Yeah. And it by removing the plot immunity, it's increased the danger for everyone. Yeah. So now it's become more harrowing, more scary, and uh, as you'll see, it becomes more exciting. Yeah. So that's the first big turning point. <laughs> right. So so here's the other thing we have to consider about when you kill your protagonist. And actually, actually, you could probably could have listened to this whole podcast up until now and not had the season spoiled. Just that moment. This. Yeah. That's the, yeah. But like the it's show not, wouldn't have been spoiled just that moment. Just we're that about moment. To, we're, we're now about, about to, to blow the up on the show, right? So the big thing you have to consider as well is, particularly if you're going to play whack-a-mole with the cast like Titan does or Game of Thrones, is the audience will, after a while, refuse to empathize with your characters if you keep killing them. Because the audience goes, look, I'm giving you my time, my uh, my my heart, uh, and my attention and everything 
you have to treat this with respect. And if you just keep killing characters, the audience goes, well, why am I bothering to... After a while, they see that trick, right? And they stop. They stop empathising. They go, yeah, he looks like the main character, but I'm pretty sure he's going to get killed. Isn't that the Game of Thrones joke? Who's going to die next? Well, who do you think is the main character? That's that's. <laughs> you say the Game of Thrones joke. That's literally what I have. That's my joke that's that I it. have said to people. And when I've said that to them, and they go, "Hmm," I'm like, "Why am I ruining your show? I don't need to ruin it for you. <laughs> Enjoy it. Have fun like that." Um, because uh, yeah, there came a point where I basically joked I had an algorithm to work out who would die next, and it and I, I it was just one of those things. And I was right, by the way, every time it just drove me crazy. And that's what because people go, oh, it's so shocking, you don't know who's going to get killed. I'm like, ah, you do because I've I've seen the trick, right? Yeah. Um. So you see the ones and zeros. Yeah, but I, that wasn't meant to be self-aggrandizing. What I meant, what you I more consistently self-aggrandizing. No, you brought that up. You brought up the joke. I didn't bring that up. My point was, you audiences once they start realizing you're going to kill these characters off, they're not going to be involved. They don't want to. Yeah. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're probably going to kill off that X Man. Whatever. I don't care about him anymore. Right? They 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 sort of block it from happening. They won't let themselves go. It becomes red shirt, right? Yeah. They just yeah. You, oh, he, <laughs> the red shirt is perfect. That's the whole joke of the red shirt. Even though it actually doesn't happen so much as you think it does. It's like someone gets eaten every time, but it's not because they wear a red shirt. Like in the original track, people would just get killed. Like they would beam down to the planet. What would happen if you've never seen that character before? They did, right? If the the whole gag of Galaxy Quest, which was you know it's guy so, it's so well, yeah, that? with his name, he's like guy, he's like, he's like he goes down to the planet on a space on the shuttle and he starts panicking and they go, why you you fought to come on the space on the shuttle? We said we'd leave you on the shuttle. Yeah, but that's because I thought I was the guy who died on the on the spaceship, but now I think I'm the guy who dies on the planet who doesn't even have a last name. It's like, come on, guy, you do have a last name. Do I? Do I? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> And so, uh, there's a great one of my favorite episodes of Trek is the Galileo Seven and Spock uh, and McCoy and Scotty and a couple of other people crash land on a planet, and Spock is trying to solve how they can get back to the Enterprise. Spock, McCoy, and Scotty live. No one else does, <laughs> and it's great. It's just a great episode. But anyway, um, so when you see that being the case, it can throw you out of the story when you know who's got plot immunity who doesn't and also if you know these people will die it's the same thing if you know who can't die and you know who can and who will die it's exactly the same feeling you can't really empathize because you you know what's coming right so how do you keep the audience's trust if you're going to play whack-a-mole with the cast and what titan did and does is the reason you trust Titan is because it's never gratuitous. It's actually for a much bigger story point. And the reason we trust them like that is because of what happens two episodes later during the fight. And during the fight, Mikasa, as I pointed out, she's at... This is it, guys. Last morning. Mikasa, as I pointed out, she's at her last moment. She's totally... like She's given up, and yet her body won't let her. Why? At which point, a titan comes to attack her, and she's getting ready to fight the titan, and another titan comes from behind her. And this titan doesn't attack her, it attacks the titan, and kills the titan. And this titan's running around, raging and screaming, killing titans. And they, they, and Armin realises that this titan, they know there's these things called abnormal titans, which act differently to regular titans, but they've never seen a titan 
kill other Titans. So they start using him, this new Titan, to attack the other Titans that are blocking the resupply base. And he does, and he kills the Titans, and they kill the Titans, and all the Titans die. And that's when this Titan, having had the... Like, its arms have been eaten off by other Titans and everything, it falls to the floor, and as it starts dissipating, because Titans, when they die, they just turn to steam and dissipate, uh, they discover in the base of its neck, which is, by the way, the point that you need to kill Titans. To kill a Titan, you have to hit the base of the neck um, with a sword. In that base of the neck on this Titan is Eren. And Eren, by the way, has his arm and leg back. Right? The clothes that he was wearing haven't grown, regrown with with the just the the flesh, right? And Eren is there. So now you've got this whole thing of like, wait, wait, wait. Eren is a Titan? What? And they, remember how they, they, wait, hold on, they cut people in the back of the neck, and then, and this is why you trust them, because then you flash back, because what happened to me, I had this immediate flashback of how, oh, sorry, not right then, the next episode, Aaron is on, basically, they have cannons pointed at him, and they go like, are you, like, what's going on, you're a titan, are you a person, and he's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, he can't remember what's been going on, really, he's got a bit of amnesia, he's not too sure what's happening, it's clear he doesn't know he's a titan, they, they, the people panic, and they fire a cannonball at him, at which point he just instinctively bites his hand, and shapeshifts almost completely into a titan, but not fully, and blocks the titan, uh, the cannonball, and when he does, a big bolt of lightning strikes him, and that's when he turns into the titan, mm. and then you remember, the colossal titan suddenly appeared out of a bolt of lightning, and then you start going, "Okay, who's the titan? What's going on?" And so, well, you know, you were saying to to Skid, you don't know what the show is. When I told well, you the same well, thing, yeah, the friend yeah. I recommended the show. To yeah, it's like you don't know uh, what the yeah. show is really about. Up until that moment, it doesn't occur to you. Even this is why I, at the beginning we were talking about spoilers. Like the fact that it never occurs to you that Titans could be people. When that happens, your mind blows open, and so yeah, Aaron's back, but he was dead for two episodes. You didn't know he was coming back. He was genuinely dead, and you are heightened in your intrigue and your excitement and everything. And now Aaron comes back as a Titan, and you go what is this show about? What's going to happen? And now the basement thing becomes even more important because what's in the basement that could explain this? Mm. What's Aaron up to? All those characters that we have now, we can't wait to see how they're going to react to this next thing. So everything becomes more and just becomes more and more and more. And they keep doing this. It keeps getting, it gets better. This is by episode eight. And this is episode yeah, eight the, or nine. The, yeah. the, the twists and turns continue. Yeah, but we won't go um, no. on beyond that. Um, by the way, before we, it's it will be a little while before we do the next part of this. Before yes. we do the second Titan episode. Yes. So, and that will spoil season two. That will spoil and all of season one. Yeah. So watch season one is on Netflix. So yeah. I urge you to um, uh, to watch it if you haven't done yeah. so already. And if um, you can watch it with Japanese and subtitles. Not dubbed. I watch it dubbed. He watches it I dubbed. I, I I understand that some people want to watch it dubbed, but the voice acting is so much better. <laughs> so mainly because they don't have to match the lip sync. Sure. Because the Japanese don't speak like 
Americans and British people, and that's why they have that weird intonation. Haha, <laughs> well, you think I've... Look at all my redundant words that I am using now. Can you hear me? Like, it's like, why are you... It's because they have to match. So, in English, what might take three words, the lips would keep going. So they have to right. find things to fill it up with. And other times, like the Japanese, they have a very short way of saying something that requires an enormous explanation. And so the characters have to kind of... The actors have to rush I was, it. I, I, was, I did wonder, actually, how well it translated... It, the translation's fine. It's just the the acting isn't as good, and it can't be. It's not really the actor's fault. It just they can't fit the um the the lip sync the same. <laughs> I I remember now why I had to go to dubbed. I was on the um I was on the stair machine at the gym, uh, which is where I do a lot of watching, and uh, trying to watch Titan and read the subtitles. Yes, whilst, you can't do it. Was sweating profusely. That's not gonna yeah, happen. Impossible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Titan, um, I, I pointed out uh, in Babylon 5 how much I love Babylon 5, right? I've been waiting for a show like Babylon 5 since the 90s, late 90s, which is a fantasy or sci-fi show with an incredibly mysterious, deep world um, that is just that has that sense of you don't know what's going to happen next, which is what you have with Babylon 5, right? And I've been waiting, and I really genuinely thought Game of Thrones... I thought Heroes was. Uh, it wasn't. Galactica wasn't. Um, I really hoped Game of Thrones would be, because the first season I thought was just absolutely brilliant. And I still, when I hear things about the world building, I actually really love the world of Westeros. Yeah. Um, but it, it didn't do it for me. But Titan has finally... It's actually really doing it, and I'm really confident about how it's going to play out, because... The, you see the skill just, of the setups and payoffs. This, 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 this is what the next podcast will be about, which is why it will spoil the show. Yeah. But the 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 setting up and paying off, like as I point out, just this one bit, how Eren turns out to be a Titan. The setup that the colossal Titan is another person is a beautiful setup. Mm. He just shows up out of a bolt of lightning. You don't understand why, and you have to piece it together later. And when you do, you have this huge rush of insight. Of course, it's been like I remembered. I remembered when I realized the colossal titan was a person. How from the very beginning, the very first scene of the very first episode, this was there in plain sight mm. that titans were, uh, that certain titans are people piloting them or whatever, yeah. right? And that I never saw it coming, and it was just so deftly done. And the fact that so many people responded to that scene the same way I did tells me. That it's just it's just really great. So I'm I'm loving it. I really hope you guys uh, listening, uh, if you haven't seen it uh, and you do decide to see it, I hope you can still enjoy it, even though you know going in a bit some stuff about it. And here's here's the thing: there's something that happens towards the end of season one, and if if my um, uh, compared to you low IQ brain, that's not fair. Pick up Come on. on. <laughs> Um, there are. You know, Luke likes to do this, but Luke just did like a charity twenty-four hour gig thing where he was writing songs and then playing them live. How does that make me smart? Well, it makes me it, sleepy. It makes your song smart. <laughs> um, the point is, there are the point I was trying to make. There are scenes and lines in every episode. And we'll go into these in detail in the next one, which is why I'm talking very vaguely now. But the setups are done so well because they are all absolutely plain sight. Yeah, 
and you they make do, perfect sense. They the make perfect sense. sense, and then when the the turning points happen later, it didn't mean what you thought it did, and you're <laughs> oh my god! And that's why I have trust in the world. I struggle with the style. I struggle with manga. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's taken me the a while st- to watch. Anime has a weird style. It's true. Yeah. But um, that that's 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 just a style thing. It's you, not, you just it's, have to get used to it. It's no slight on the quality of the show. Much like writing, how the original though. series has a very strange style. Oh, Star Trek. Yeah, the original track. Like, whoa, this style is freaky. <laughs> just messed up. <laughs> they are having it. The music is weird. The sets are strange. But you get past that and you go, wow, what a great show. <laughs> but you can watch... You can, I think I'm pretty confident you can watch those epi- most of the episodes knowing that everything you are watching is going to be turned on its head yeah <laughs> later yeah. on yeah it's yeah it's one of those great shows yeah okay um, okay so just quickly then just to put a button on this whole thing what do we take away um how if you want to kill where killing a protagonist is something that if you want to do like before the end of the story for the climax is something you can do it's a useful tool for certain genres to really heighten the sense of uh, excitement or fear or danger or whatever. Uh, But there are certain things that you have to watch out for. And Titan is an example, I think, of doing that very, very well. Going way beyond what is needed to make this work. I think it's it's a brilliant use of uh, using um, the killing the protagonist to get all the benefits from killing a protagonist. And yet, at the same time, it uses it as a setup to get you even more into the world. Um, it's 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 not it's you wouldn't call it a fake out because Aaron comes back and it's so different when he comes back. You wouldn't call it a fake out. Yeah, so the point why. the point on him coming back, we discussed the thing off mic, but it, it seems like a one two punch. The first one, yeah, um, the the first one has the effect on the audience and that you realise they can kill anybody. Yeah. And that's part one. He comes back, then you realise that anybody can be a titan. Right. And so now you fear for everybody's safety and you mistrust everybody. And yeah, so you are positioned perfectly to yeah. just love the show for the rest of yeah. it. Because yes, you go forward. Can, and like that's... So, you know, Game of Thrones, you know, I, I was kind of hard on Thrones and I said, you know, in theory, you can kill a protagonist and make it work. But I didn't. This I think is a good example of look. If you want to do it, this is the kind of standard that you want to do, where you have a show where you, you're not just killing the protagonist for one reason. I mean, it, that that one yeah. two punches you point out. It's just it's just great. It's just that you now don't trust everyone, and anyone can die. He got he got he got best of both worlds. Yeah. Can I can I raise a slightly wider point as well? It doesn't just. Um, uh, count towards whether you want to kill your protagonist or not when you're doing anything in a story and um i know watching all the q and a's on story log um with with bob mm. who's often asked questions you know can i do this yeah. can i do this in my story the answer you always give is yes yeah. but why yeah um and so can i kill my protagonist yes why do you want to do it though? Yeah. How are you going to What's, do it? How are you going to do it? Why are you going to do it? What benefits are they going to be? And also, with anything like this, you have to be aware of the drawbacks. What we, what you yeah. did, what you outlined in Game of Thrones, yeah. were those drawbacks. Yeah. We went over them again today. Yeah. Here's how Titan has done it. In fact, very, I would suggest well. that if you watched Attack on Titan and you didn't like this killing the protagonist thing, I would bet you you could basically replace all my criticisms of Game of Thrones with Titans and you'd agree with me. 
if that makes sense. In other words, all the problems I had with the Game of Thrones turn, yeah. you would have with Eren in Titan, if you didn't like the Titan. Do you know what I mean? All the things that I went like, I didn't like... Oh, way- if you just didn't like the show Titan... If you didn't like the show Titan sure. and this turning point annoyed you and turned you off, you would probably feel the way I do about Game of Thrones. Right, so, so my point is, regardless of whether or not you actually like the show of Titan, what's worth listening to and understanding and learning from is why killing a protagonist in this show I enjoyed and why in another one I didn't. It's not because they killed the protagonist. I'm not upset about that. I thought I loved Attack on Titan once Aaron went, I was like, wow. And I was hooked for the next two episodes. And then they bring him back, mm-hmm. right? And I like, I went even more in love with it. But those two episodes, I still loved the show. The, the, I, I was, I, we were both saying, like, there was a point before Aaron dies where you're kind of like, am I going to stick with this? Mm. Right? It just seemed like, why do I really want to stick with this the for 20 was, episodes? The world was intriguing. But, but not the characters weren't. It just no. wasn't enough. We we're, were both thinking of bailing out. That as soon as they kill Aaron... Those next two episodes go by back to back in a binge, right? You just you don't and you don't get take a break until Aaron comes back, and then after that you kind of go, I have to take a break because it's three in the morning, but I don't want to, right? I think I um I think actually the only section of the show I binged was the Battle of Trost. Yeah. That, and I couldn't tell you why, but there was that seven eight section, and I kept thinking it was going to end. It was just like more. Num, num, num. More, uh, it's, more it's, oh man, when it comes more to cliffhangers. My only Titans. <laughs> my only issue with the show, and I, I will leave you with this, listeners, <laughs> is that I just wish Aaron wouldn't shout so much. <laughs> Literally all he does. <laughs> there's there's a cartoon. What's the line from Midnight Run? You have, you have two, two forms of communication, silence and rage. And that's it. There's, there's, a, there's a show called Attack on Titan Junior High, which is a cartoon uh, of Attack on Titan, but they're all little kids at school and the Titans are bullies that eat their cheeseburgers and stuff, right? And it's hilarious. If only you've seen Attack on Titan, it's filled with spoilers. And they do the most harrowing scenes from Attack on Titan, but it's in a dodgeball tournament or whatever. It's, it's really silly. Um... But there's this great bit at the beginning of the first episode where Aaron is late for school and he's running to get to school and he bumps into all the other main characters as he's running to school and he gives one of them. He's like, he first really knocks her, oh, I'm sorry, and he gives her his pocket, his lunch money and carries on running. Then he bumps into the next one and he gives her his, her, his lunch because he's good on that. Runs to the next one, knocks her over and he's got nothing. So he gives her a card and the card is Erin with like a peace sign going, I'll drive them out, which is his thing that he says about Titans. I'll drive all the Titans out. I hate the Titans. Like, I'll drive them out. Like all he does is rage. That's it. And in the cartoon, they, because the cartoon, the junior high is all the same actors and everything so they are just ripping it out of their show like Aaron's always angry uh, <laughs> just like all the things it's just so yeah Aaron's like oh, they are, they are, all the time he's just so angry and it's just um, yeah I agree right and then he dies and then he, <laughs> then he comes back even angrier it's great we will see you for Titan Part 2 oh god the theme tune the theme tune is amazing we're gonna end this with the theme tune okay Done. We should start it. Just constantly throughout the show. I'll put, I'll put both seasons. <laughs>